0: We, we keep our, 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 our history alive. So and Wainabu he was up there, he was really, really sad, you know. His friend got shot and he was up there. And Wainabuju said, You'll you'll never be forgotten, you know, you're you're you know So your story will live forever. Forever. This your story will live. And from there, uh Wena Buzhou, he said, But I have to take care of this uh this this huge uh thing that's taking place, you know. I gotta sit down with the Bibunake in uh like I said earlier, uh, Wena Abuju was reflecting the times that he sat down with his grandmother. His grandmother always sat down and cooked with him. And when when Wena when Buju, he, he grabbed this huge moose leg. See, so he told that uh, Bibuneke, Are you hungry? Come here. Are you hungry? I'm going to make a fire here. I'm going to cook this, this moose leg. So Wena Abuju had this huge moose leg over the fire and he's turning it around. He's cooking it. He's talking to Bibuneke, and Bibuneke is really upset at him, you know. What are you doing up here? You know, I don't want you around here. And and Wena he he remembered all those beings that helped him up. They all used their hearts. All those people down there are determined. You know, he wanted he wanted a better life for everybody. He wanted everything to to be to be what it was a long time ago. So for them, so Wena he said, "Becca, not to be, we cinema." He told uh Bubunike. didn't want to eat, so he was really upset. And Wena he grabbed that that moose leg, and he grabbed that meat, and he started eating it. He said, oh, mom, minopukutama, you know, we us. he told him, this meat tastes really good. And eventually, Bibunake, uh, was really, really hungry. He hadn't eaten, eaten for, for, for years, or decades, Bibunake, so, and eventually, Bibunake, uh, he sat down, and said, sure, I'll sit down and eat with you, Wainabujo. And eventually, Bibunake, he grabbed that meat, started eating it. And from, with Wainabujo, uh, what he learned from Nekomas, the grandmother, is that when you cook food, you put a lot of medicine into it when, when we do things. As Anishinaabe people, we understand that when we make food, if you're going to be angry, we're going to put that energy into that food. So if, you're be, if you're going to be loving, you're going to put, put all that loving into that food. So whatever transfer of energy, we put into that food. So that's our, our philosophy as Anishinaabe people. So when Abu he remembered all those great things everybody had, he put that into the food. He put all that love. And then eventually, uh, as Babu was eating that food, Bibunake was melting before his very eyes. Bibunake was melting. I was eating that food, and as as we say, as Bibunake was melting, the glaciers, everything was melting, everything was melting, and what was left was the great lakes. So that's Bibunake. He's still. So we remember what happened to Bibunake. Bibunake is still still here. He comes back every now and then. So we we still have that relationship. We we made an agreement with Bibunake. So we shared his world with him. And now he's outside there. You know, he's outside there with his medicine. That snow up there is medicine. That, bibun, that gun is, is a medicine. If you're ever, as Anishinaabe people, we have old customs where, where we go outside and we douse ourselves with snow and we celebrate life with the uh, Bibunike. And we celebrate the, the life. We go out there. We have winter games where we uh, we will have Nokomis where we have Bibunike chasing after Nokomis. You guys ever play that game? We make trails out, out in the snow, and we make those trails, and the Bubunikei B- chases after Nokomis. You'll be one of the beings out there, and the B- will will chase after everybody along the trail. Nobody's allowed to step out the trails, and the snow is very deep. So you're running. Very, very fun games. So we have games like that. We play in the winter times, and we tell that story uh, on how how the, how the Great Lakes were formed. Like I said, our stories are living documents of history, and we talk about that history. We talk about... Also too within our ceremonies like midday ceremony, we, we uh have a story of our path and how we walked from, from the south to the north, you know, and also from, from the from the east to the west. Then we came to the place where we know where the food grows under the water and uh, we that place we call uh Michigan. Uh, so we lived there for thousands and thousands of years in Michigan. We lived in the, the Great Lakes, then we came we, we coexist with a lot of other uh peoples. And a lot of people too migrated alongside with us, you know, for, for for thousands and thousands of years. So we always remember uh, these stories that took place. So Wainabujo had a huge impact in uh, uh, a Nishinabe life. A long time ago, uh, people were long a drought happened a long time ago, and Wainabujo really loved the people. And all when the big drought, everything dried, all the trees dried, everything just died, you know, everything was just dead. It was a huge drought. All the animals ran away from the drought. There was nothing, and the Anishinaabe people were living out there. And it was just everything was just so sad looking, and everybody was going hungry. And when Abuju too, he scratched his head. He's like, "Where did where where did all the spirits go?" And when Abujoo he traveled everywhere, and he couldn't find no spirits out there. And he said, "Well, I don't know how I'm going to feed you guys." He told the Nishinabe people, "There's there's no food out there." So when he remembered uh, Wigasi uh, Mitik. He told, him, "If you ever need me." Use me, I'll communicate with the spirits. So that's what the, that's what the uh, uh, Wanabuju did. He he built that lodge, he built that lodge standing tall. And Wanabuju he went inside there. And as he went inside that lodge, that lodge started to shake back and forth. And Wainabooju, he, he talked to all the spirits. So we call that that lodge a uh, Chisakon, and that Chisakon means the it means to uh, to trick. That's what that that uh, lodge means. And uh, we know it as a shaking tent, and that shaking tent came from uh, uh, from the Inanok, uh, up north, up in Canada. You know, and that word's a Cree word, meaning for he or she tricks. You know, because in the, when we were little kids, we would say "chishamel." Uh, uh, you know, when we trick trick somebody, so we would always say that. We always remember when Wenabuju said to the when Abujou he, when he promised the spirits all those animals, if you come back, you know, we'll have an amazing celebration for each and one of you, and all those animals. When Abujo had that shaking tent, he tricked those animals to come back. And that's the reason why we have that shaking tent today. So so he tricked those animals to coming back. So that's the reason why we call it a chisakant, uh, a tricking a tricking structure. So, And uh, from there, and we utilize that lodge in that way. So, have uh, anybody ever been to a shaking tent? It's a very old, old ceremony that we still use today to communicate with spirits. So it's made out of birch bark. It's very tall. And then sometimes uh, they'll make it out of birch bark. Now today uh, we make it out of canvas. they will make it out of canvas, and the, the the trees are supposed to go into the ground. You know, always go into the ground. And we use those seven those seven poles, or and then and we have that uh, you guys are, we have the Pleiades constellation in the night sky. We call that Bagnu the the Pleiades constellation. And that's our origin, where we come from within our stories. We say all the beings came from Bagnu Bug, from Giyajik hole in the sky, not lower down into the earth. So that's where that's our origin, where we come from. And a lot of tribes like the Navajo, the Dakota, other tribes here in North America have the same same uh, belief, you know, that they derive from their too, from Bagnu to the Pleiades Constellation. And when we put up that lodge, that lodge, the Chisakhan, symbolizes that in the night sky. And we have that that constellation, and Bhagno Gijjik is a a very very uh, powerful uh, uh, symbol among the Nishinabe people. So a hole in the sky, and uh, we when when we uh, say our, our babies when they come into this world, that's that's what we say. they say they come here and they come into this world, and they choose who, who whoever wants to be their parents, they choose you. We say that that uh, those beings that come here they already have, have names, you know. We all have names. Because those beings already knew us, you know. Like I said, for us a lot life is uh is goggy get forever. Life is never ending. So when we before we came into this world we had a lot of spirits that already knew who we, that already had names for you. You you had a life before this, before this world here. And usually when we go find your name we ask those spirits, Anishna Kazuma, Ikwe you know, those beings. We ask those those ones that knew you, what was your name? So because each one of you already have a name, you know, a history before you came into this world. So we ask those beings. That's the reason why within our naming ceremonies, we always ask uh, those beings that 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 knew you. Mm-hmm. What's your name? And within within you'll get your name. You'll get the, your your a lot of teachings within within yourself. So so that's how my how my name came about is Ogamawap. I have uh, many many names. You know, just not one. So. So I remember all the names that I was given out to my life and all the teachings that came with my name so and I honor that you know I honored my names and I say mingwech to uh to all those beings out there that that knew me and I and I pay respect with each and one of them they're still here helping us out so so a lot of our uh, a lot of our ancestors they still communicate with us today still communicate so weskachuma wenabuju so after Wena created created Turtle Island, Wena he went out and named everything. He named everything. He named everything out there. But the Bukangagomanitook were after him. All the different types of spirits. that, Because Wena in the story, he created that Jibai Mikana up there. You guys see that Milky way? He created that Jibai Mekana. He went out there to go find his brother Jibai Bus. In the Baha Jamaat, he built a Riguasi Jiman. Birch bark canoe, and from there the first being that went out was a uh, the mikanok, a uh, mikanok, uh, 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 the turtle. And That's what the turtle means. He or she that makes a road, a trail, mikanok, and that's the path the mikanok made in the night sky. So we always remember uh, mikanok up there. He made that trail, and Wainabushu, he followed that trail, but it was so no nobody had ventured out there before. So Wainabushu, he he traveled out there in in his birch bark canoe and. He was traveling, there was nothing, you know. So, and at that time, a lot of things were dying very, very quickly. And uh, all those, those spirits had nowhere to go. Spirits from this earth were dying. The hell had nowhere to go. And we call, that's the reason why we call the Jibai uh, wandering spirits. So, when Abuju, all these spirits, he was trying to find his brother Jibai Boos out there. His brother was traveling to the unknowns. So, he traveled very fast. I and mean, his brother, uh, Dibajima, in that canoe, they were traveling in the Milky Way, and eventually uh, they couldn't find their brother. It got so dark. It got so engulfed in darkness, and they didn't know what to do. And all the spirits were, were there. Everybody was just lost. Eventually, when Abu Juh, he grabbed those beings. He grabbed those beings. He brought all those beings into the canoe. All those beings, he brought them all inside the canoe. canoe. All those wandering spirits, everything was dying really quickly. And Wainabujiu said, we took cow." you know, he asked all those spirits, you're going to help me. So he went, oh, he, 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 ho, ho oh, he, 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 ho, oh, he, 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 ho, oh, he, 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 ho. And Wainabujiu did that for a long time. And from there, Wainabujiu, he uh, made the being out of all those lost spirits we call uh, uh, Miju Biju, uh, the water panther. And Miju Biju was going to guide him to his brother. And that's what Miju Biju did to Jibai Mikana. He, he, uh, Miju Biju, he helped uh, Wen Bu travel in the river. Eventually, he found uh, Jibai Buz's uh, body. And from there, they, they came back. And that's the reason why, when we go back home, that's one of the beings that, that helps us go back home, is uh, Miju Biju, the water panther. So, within our stories, when we do our, our sending off home ceremonies, we'll have that spirit, you know, Miju Biju, the water panther, he'll send, he'll help you back home. So he has that role. And, uh, and from there, when they got back, Miju Biju was really, really upset. All those spirits were upset that, that, that they were one now. And then they retaliated against uh, Wenabuju. They fought. They fought and fought. And eventually their uh, and all and other beings um, were fighting. you know. And from there, Miju Biju, he caused a flood. The land started to flood. Everything started to flood. So that's what Miju Biju did to this world. He flooded the world. He's really angry because he got, you know, I would be angry too if somebody did that to me, you know, uh, or did that to our ancestors. So he yeah, and when in uh, so the world got flooded. So that's how the world got flooded. So and from there, a lot of the beings, when Wende said, whoever gets to Earth, we will recreate this world again. So, and eventually, all the beings they tried, and the only only being that could that was successful was a, a muskrat. He was able to grab the earth. A little tiny being. So whenever everybody uh, discriminated against him, everybody disliked the muskrat. said, you can't do it. And Eventually the muskrat was able to do it. So he he uh, gave his life. And Wayne Abujo brought him atop the log. And from there he he, t- he grabbed the, the turtle. Blew, he blew the earth on the turtle and created what we call uh, Turtle Islands. And Wayne Abujo named everything. He named everything again. And from there, Wayne Abujo, he asked his brother... Uh, Gibai booze, you know, you're no longer going to have that form anymore. You know, you're too powerful. You and your brothers uh, opened that doorway. Gi way to the the going home direction. And then from there, he asked Nokomis, "Can we do manungup?" And after that, uh, Nokomis gave uh, uh, Jibai booze a, a, a new vessel. We call Maigan the wolf, and that's how Jibai booze he came became the wolf Maigan. And from there, Gibai uh, booze he. Uh, and Mayagan and Wen Abujo, they, they, they walked this world naming everything. They named everything, they named recreating this world. So, And from there, uh, we, like I said, there was a lot of other spirits that, that got left behind. Gee, they were really upset at Wen Abujo and they're chasing after him. As Wen Abujo was, was creating the world, you naming everything. And Wen Abujo, he told, uh, he told uh, those spirits, you know, he told Kukukuhu, the owl, help me out. Kukukuhu said, okay, I'll help you out. So if you see those spirits coming, tell me. And he said, oh, Wagush, you know, Wagush over there, help me out too. So you're, you're, you're short you can see underneath the leaves. If you see any spirits coming towards me down there, tell me. He told his brother, Mayagan, Aminua. And uh, those, those three beings agreed to help Wenabujo as he was naming everything. So Wenabujo, he was out there naming everything, creating life. Eventually, Wanabuja heard the cry of the know Nokomis, the owl, grandmother spirit. And from there, Wagush made a cry. And from there, uh, Maegan made a cry. And Wainabuja, he ran to the owl, picked her up. And from there, he ran to the Wagush. He picked the Wagush up and he picked Maegan. Wanabujo had Maegan, Wagush, and the owl, and he's running. And he sees all those spirits chasing after him. And Wainabuja was running and running. So when we tell the story, we say Wainabuja was running alongside the river. So. He's running with Mayagan, Wagush, and eventually he gets to a place where he's safe. And he, and he hides there by the river. And eventually he looks at those beings and he sees Kukogohu. Her, her eyes were gouged out. She had no eyes. And he looked at Wagush, same thing. Wagush's eyes were gouged out. And eventually he looked at his brother, uh, Mayagan. His eyes were gouged out too. And he was really, he was really sorry. He said, I'm really sorry this, this happened to you, my, my, my relatives, he told and eventually Wainabujo, he, went to he uh, says, I'll help you guys out. So Wainabujo, he looked by the water, and he grabbed some rocks, put them on the side like that. Then he looked at uh, Wagush, he says, I'm going to help you out first, Wagush. He grabbed those rocks, and he went again, Whoa, he, 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 ho, oh, he, 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 ho. He put those rocks into uh, into Wagush's eye sockets, you know. And he says, well, and he said to Mayagan, he told you too, Mayagan, he did the same thing, put those rocks into Maygan's eye sockets, and he grabbed some big rocks, and he put it into a uh, grandmother's eyes So, And he told uh, all those beings, he says, "From this day forth, you guys will be able to see all the, those spirits you know, coming, those, uh, those spirits out there. So you'll see those jibai when they when they're out there walking or running towards. That's the reason why those spirits today, they're the ones that are able to see those jibai the like Kockoko. Every time we see the owl out there in the, in the in the makes a noise right, the owl warns us that there's something coming there's something bad's coming. That's the reason why we're afraid of the owl, but the owls the owl's not evil; she's just warning us. she's a helper. she helped when a each time a spirit would come'cause she had those those she was able to see into the night she was able to see those spirits Wa Gush was able to see those spirits too, so she was able to see all those spirits so if you guys are out in the night, you hear Wagush uh, making that funny sound out in the woods. He's seeing all those spirits. So, and Wagush eventually uh, betrayed uh, Wena and he went over there, and Wagush started celebrating with those with those Jibai So that's the reason why you'll you'll see uh, Wagush out there dancing, celebrating with those spirits, even to this day. And eventually, uh, Maya Gun, the wolf Wena said, "You know, I, I got to. You know, this world's not big enough." So he says, Can you run, my brother, to see if this world's big enough? And when Mayagan, he ran, and they came back, and when Abujo said, This world's not big enough yet. Run again, my brother. Mayagan was gone for a long time. Eventually he came back again, and Wayne Abujo said, This world's still not big enough. And eventually, uh, Mayagan, he ran, and eventually he was not. Wayne Abujo waited and waited, and eventually his descendants came back, and Wayne said, All right, I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Though, though, this world is big enough. And from there Mayagan, he told Mayagan we do call uh, uh, Anishinaabe, some of you go and help the Anishinaabe people he says. And he told the uh, Mayaganak, uh, whatever happens to uh, uh, the Anishinaabe people will happen to you. So You guys take care of each other. Whatever happened, he told the Anishinaabe people whatever happens to the wolf will happen to you. So take care of each other. So that's how the Anishinaabe people and Mayagan that's how they live together. They coexist. They were, they were relatives and uh, eventually the, uh, the we call Anamush, the dogs, they are the descendants of the uh, what we call Mayaganda, the wolves. And that's the reason why the, the dogs, they still have that medicine, the eyes. We're, we ever see dogs barking at night? They see, they'll still see those spirits out there. They still have that ability, those Anamush. And as Anishinaabe people, we always keep the dogs away from our ceremonies because we call our, our spirits in. And every time the dog will be at our ceremony, he'll bark and he'll chase those spirits away. That's the reason why it's in our custom to always keep dogs away from our ceremonies. We never let dogs in our ceremonies or within our circle, but at night we, we bring them back into our villages to protect us, so they can see. So the, the, the wolves, you know, got mistreated. Our people got mistreated. We got placed on reservations, they got placed on, on in the, in those kind of settings too, so. The wolves got hunted. We got hunted. So that's what Anishinaabemowinabooju told us. And those things did happen. Those things did happen. Even to this day, our people are our people got hunted. And they got hunted. So and that's still we still have that relationship, that responsibility. So as Anishinaabe people, we we uh, look at look at Maigan as a reflection of ourselves. They're, they're they're family orientated. We're family orientated. So they learn from the land. They have a language, a culture. They have ceremonies, same same for us. We have uh and uh, anik, our clans. In uh, all those animals, they they uh, they taught us how to live off the land, each animal. So if you're a bear clan, then then uh, it was the bear that taught your ancestors, you know, how to uh, share. So so tonight I'll I'll share more stories about the bear and some other spirits tonight. So Ado uh, is a is a is a living spirit, you know. I'm grateful for uh, storytellers like uh Al-Mick Smallwood, David Matrius from Mille Lacs, and Leonard Moose, uh, my late stepfather. They were storytellers, and they they had told a lot of stories. I'm really grateful for 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 them for sharing stories with me, and uh, for a lot of other elders that shared stories. And I I, I uh, really grateful for each one of them, and my mother Mary Moose, my father uh, Bert Sutherland from Canada, my biological father. Jean uh, uh, Every morning, he, uh, before we got to school, he would uh, we would get up in the morning, and we would before I got on the school bus, he would always smoke his pipe every morning. When he smoked his pipe, he would always share some some kind of knowledge. He did that every every morning, and I was really grateful for that. Uh, he would smoke that pipe, and he would give it to us, and we would, we would puff on that pipe. We were told never to uh, uh, to inhale that smoke. That smoke was a spirit, so to help us. I remember that, and I remember uh, um, those moments were, were, were uh, really meaningful for me because they really helped me out in life. That I have the ability to uh, communicate with my ancestors every day, get up every morning and celebrate life with them. So when I get up in the morning, I, I acknowledge them, you know, say hello to my grand, my grandparents, even though they're not here, but they're still here to get up in the morning and to celebrate life with them. And I feed myself with good food too. Feeding my body is feeding them. So, uh, feed my my thoughts with good things too. And understand that when I'm feeling sad, that I got to take care of myself, reach out for help. And I talk to them, I say, hey, I'm feeling sad today. And I remember a, a, a moment like uh, like my father took, took took me hunting one time and he told me in, in, in my in my in my in my shotgun. He told me only put three shells in there. He told me, and and I didn't listen. I put four shells in the shotgun. And my father he grabbed after my father he always empties a, the shotgun. You know he always empties it out. And after that he says, "Come here." He told me, <sighs> My shotgun fired. He says, that's "The reason why I told you to only put three in there, or it might we might leave that shell in there. It might go off. It might go off. What? Because he puts the, the rifles in the." in the sled I'm sitting in. So, so it might go off, it might hit, might hit us, or hit something. So, so I remember the found moments that, that I learned, you know, to humble myself. And as Anishinaabe people, we, uh, um, we gain knowledge, like the bear taught us how to fast, how to gain knowledge. So that's how we gain knowledge, by, by fasting. And when you're fasting, you, you learn all those seven grandfather teachings. You learn to love yourself. You learn to have courage. You learn respect for life. You learn truth. You you humble yourself, humility. So when you're out there, out when you're fasting out in the out in the woods, you're out in the dark. And there's nothing, and you hear a crack in the woods, You're like, and heart starts beating. You quickly, I'm gonna run away. I'm out here. Nobody's you know, nobody's here with me. So what, what do you learn through that moment? You learn bravery. You learn courage, right? So you learn all those grandfather teachings while you're fasting. You learn. You experience each one of them, and you're out there. You're not eating, no water, no nothing for four days, and you experience, and you get, you get sick, you, you get, you start, you get anxiety really bad, like with the most extreme anxiety you'll ever ever experience in your life, just being hungry, facing death at its door, and uh, you will learn all those teachings in depth, fasting, and that bear taught us taught us those things, and that when that boy uh, Oday Aman when he when he was a boy he was sick. He didn't eat. He didn't do nothing. And eventually, he traveled the, the spirit world. He traveled the lodge. He vid- visited every grandfather, and he learned all those things. And he came back as an old, old man. So every time we go out fasting, you come back as a, a mindset of a geshiaya, an elder, because you learn a lot of things. When, every time we go fasting, anybody ever go fasting? We do as a ceremony. We do in a in the springtime. So before, either before when the snow is melting, before the ticks start coming out. So so we do that so we usually go up in the tree fast out there and or we do it in, uh, in the summertime we have fasting camps we'll uh we have one in uh over uh obashing anybody ever been to obashing in red lake so we have a fasting camp up there too so anybody can fast just got to take care of ourselves too so. If you are uh, diabetic um always take care of our health so what well, meal you know you